got your Bibles. I'm going to read just a couple. We're going to scatter here, Brother Ron, so just stay with me. I'm going to start with Luke chapter 5, verse 1. We'll go stay in the same chapter. I'm going to skip down a couple verses, and I'm going to go to uh, Mark. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, were washing their nets, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Skip over to verse 18 of the same chapter. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy. They sought means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, the crowd. And went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling which were with his couch into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, man, thy sins are forgiven. Mark, Mark chapter 2 gives us the same account, but I want to read Mark chapter 1, Brother Ron. Mark chapter 1, verse 21. They went into Capernaum straight away on the Sabbath day. He entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Thou come to destroy us. I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, said, Hold thy peace and come out of him. When the unclean spirit had torn him, he cried with a loud voice, came out. And they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. I know it was a random reading of multiple scriptures, and you're you're saying, Brother Benoit, how is all that connected? Well, in every account that I read you, there is a crowd. Mark, he's in a crowd, a church service, in a synagogue. When he's there on the water, a crowd is pressing against him. He then gets into the boat. Then there's a people that have, or a man that has the palsy, and he's needing a miracle. And the crowd is pressing upon the man needing a miracle. All three accounts, a crowd is involved in what is taking place And I want to preach to somebody today, your miracles beyond the crowd. Your 
miracles beyond the crowd. If you would, lift your hands, lift your voice with that hand. Let it not just be a thing we do, but we lift our hands because we're declaring the name of Jesus. God, speak to our hearts today. Speak to our spirit. God, I'm asking you by the authority of the name of Jesus that you would arrest every human spirit, that you would show and make yourself strong here today. That God, the battle is not ours, but the battle is yours. I ask it today in the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. These scriptures, and I'll start with Luke 5 and 1. You know, adversity is not always a bad thing. We in our, and and I thank God for the, the freedoms and the things that we have. So I'm not referring to that or discounting the freedoms. But there, there is a simple principle in much of this that there are some things that if you don't fight for it, you can't appreciate the value of it. I've been in several services just yesterday. One quickly comes to mind, but I don't know, somewhere else of recent and or the conversation was speaking of the veterans and the common thread with all of them and the appreciation that we have for them is we know the price they paid to some degree. The sacrifice of leaving home and family and the things that they did. Some things will never be told, the battle that they fought overseas and, and the war. Uh, one now comes to mind speaking to a uh, an elderly gentleman, y'all all know him, uh, 90-year-old, uh, what's his name? Yeah, he was in the paper. I got to talk to him just for a moment, and I think Brother Smith was there with me in, in talking to him, Brother Bill Smith, and he began to tell a little bit of what he did and in, in telling some of those stories were humorous, but yet, Brother Smith, I picked up there in his voice, there were some stories that he even one of them said, we're not going to go there. Because those things can't be talked about. And I can't understand that. I've never been in that place. But there's one thing I know by empathy and, and, and just an, a little bit of an understanding that there was a high price paid by them. There was a cost that they went through to get what you and I have here today. Well, it's not Veterans or Memorial Day, but I want you to understand the principle because many times you and I, Paul talks about this, he says, fight the good fight of faith. He refers to you and I as a soldier, that that's what we are in the spirit, even though it doesn't look like that, but he says, take the whole armor of God on you. Everything in Paul's writing is, is talking about how to wage a war against the enemy, but not just to wage a war to get back what has been stolen and what Adam lost by his, his forfeiting and his sin, but it's something for you and I to maintain what God has given us and held on to. These adversities that you and I face in life, God has given us everything we need to be more than conquerors through Him 
We understand that element. But yet what do I do? And how do I handle the element that sometimes I can't control the crowd? I'm going to try to define it the best way the Holy Ghost gave it to me. So just, just tighten your seatbelt and let's just enjoy the ride. I ain't going to say get no popcorn because we ain't eating. I can't control the crowd. I'm not talking about numbers. Take that out your mind. I'm not talking about our camp meeting crowd or the crowd here today. When I refer to the crowd, I'm referring to elements of me and your struggle. In the crowd, there's fear. In the crowd, there's my past. In the crowd, there's depression. In the crowd, they all have a name. And I know we're, we understand crowd control. We, we've done it well. We've had events and had events in the cow palace. And how are we going to handle cow? Uh, uh, how are we going to handle the cows? No. Oops. How are we going to handle the crowd? We've got to orderly get them in the building. And how are we going to handle this and that? But there are some things in life you cannot control the crowd. You can't control where out of nowhere that fear just comes to your mind and it just causes you to drop to your knees and say, I ain't never coming out of this. You can't control that. There are some things as much as we want to. Brother Eddings teaches a a great leadership lesson about the circle of influence and, and, and controlling the things you can control. And I can only do within this circle what I can do. But if you're outside of the circle, I'm not going to waste my brain on something I cannot change. You say, well, Benoit, how do you do it? Well, I give it to you the first shot. That's why God gave you and I the Holy Ghost. He gave us a spirit of Him, not another spirit, but the spirit of God to live in you and I, that if you and I will let the Holy Ghost have His work, The Holy Ghost is a measurable commodity. You've heard me say it before. If Stephen there, while he was stoned, the Bible says he was full. If the Bible says full, then you can be empty. If the Bible says full, then you can be half full. If the Bible says full, then there's an element that I can be lacking thereof. But God gave me the Holy Ghost. So what's the answer? Every day that I wake up, I've got to make sure that I have a full presence of God within me. What are you talking about? This ain't a car and you go to a gas station. But yet, metaphorically, you can apply to that. What I need to do is if I can go to God every morning in prayer and say, God, I need you now to fill me. David said, my cup runneth over. What was David trying to say? I'm the cup and I need an overflowing of your presence out of my life because I can't make it on my own ingenuity. I can't make it on some count. I can't make it on somebody else's opinion. I've got to have the presence of God moving out of my life. And it's done through the Holy Ghost. It only can be done through the filling of God's Spirit in me and your life. That's why it just, just baffles me, Brother Mike, why people fight so hard to get the Holy Ghost. It's so easy to get, 
It's a gift. If I repent of my sins and say, God, I'm turning from my ways. It's a promise that God just says, as quickly as you'll repent, I'll give you the power you need to overcome whatever you're facing in your tomorrow. Folks, the world's going to get more wicked. The world's going to get more corrupt. The world ain't going to get no better. Well, let's just get negative. No, 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 no. If I got the Holy Ghost, it don't matter what they do. I've got an inner light. I've got an inner direction. I've got an inner strength through the Holy Ghost that will equip me and empower me. Why wouldn't you want it? Well, if you don't want it, two things. One, it's lack of understanding, which you need a Bible study and I can teach it to you. Or number two, there's an area of your life that you won't submit to God for. And here's the thing. Submit yourself to God, therefore resist the devil. You can't resist the devil in your life until you and I submit in our heart. What's submission? It's my attitude saying, God, I ain't just coming to you and just laying my... I'm saying, God, I'm changing the way I think by the help of the Holy Ghost and your presence. I submit to your will. I come under your will. I, I, I. So... Everything happens. The crowd, I can't control it, Sister Peggy, but I can control some things in my life. There's some things that I can, I can determine I'm going to pray today. I can determine. I, 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 there's some things I can't control. Fear, doubt, hitting me. There are some things I can't work on. Well, here you've got the story. Jesus, five and one. Thank you, Brother Ron. Stay with me because we might just bounce all over. Came to pass that as the people pressed on him. Now, here's the, here's the interesting factor. And I'll go back a little bit maybe to Mark here in a little bit, but stay there. As they pressed on him, the crowd, Jesus says, I got to step back. There are some things, even him by example, you would think at this moment, he's Jesus. He's God manifested in the flesh. He can look at that crowd and go, and they all fall backwards. But what he chose to do was step back. Because even Jesus in his humanity understood separation from these things. You stay in it long enough, it's going to destroy your mind. You stay going down that road of unbelief and doubt, it's going to destroy your mind. But God's made provision for you and I. He's given us a hope for you and I. Come on, where's my Pentecostals that have been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in his name? You've got a hope. That's why I smile. That's why I've got joy. Because my hope is not going to be in what the enemy's saying is going to happen. My hope is in the Holy Ghost. And I get it. We've used it for so long. Man, it's essential for salvation. Yes, it is. He said, if that spirit ain't in you, 
When he comes to call us home, it's the quickening agent. That's my, my paraphrasing version. If it ain't in you, it ain't going to quicken you out of here. So when Jesus comes, if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you ain't being lifted up off the ground and going home. I don't know how plain you want to make it. That's the hard side of it. But what about the good side of it, Sister Claudia? And when my mind is being fragmented in 50 million directions, I can look back on one moment. Jesus, I can't do this without you. I'm pulling away from fear. I'm pulling away from doubt. I'm pulling away from the darkness. I'm pulling away from the hopelessness. I'm separating myself in the Holy Ghost unto you because my miracle is beyond the crowd. I know Jesus sometimes did it. But there's more times than not, Brother Fontenot, where I find he resorted explaining or pulling away. He ran them out of the room with Jarius' daughter. Said, get out of here. He ran the crowd off when he did the miracle. Because the crowd carries doubt and unbelief and unforgiveness or whatever it may be in your life and my life. And here I am trying to get through it, but yet in my mind I'm struggling, God, with I don't know if I can get through my past. I don't know if I can get through, Sister Agnes, because see, there's a miracle. Talking to an elderly preacher, and his comment was, I struggled for a certain amount of time over a situation that happened to me from people. And his response said, but I held on. And when I was in a service one night, Brother Darrell, the power of God hit me so strong that what was trying to tear me apart and destroy my mind and faith, God showed up and healed me. And it never had a, I never had a problem with them or whatever they did to me. I never had a problem with it again. You know what he did, Brother Bushnell? He faced a crowd. He faced a crowd of anger. He faced a crowd of unbelief. He faced a crowd of, I can't get through this. He faced a crowd of hopelessness, Sister Smith. But somewhere in all of that, he kept pressing through the crowd. And he realized, my miracle on the others I can't let the crowd stop me I can't let public opinion stop me I can't let what people say stop me I've got to get to the feet of Jesus because my life Sister Georgia everything I do either we believe the scripture or not life is but a vapor what that means is is today I'm living tomorrow I could be vaporized. So what it says is I'm not in control. There's some things God will not let us. He wants to know will we push through and press through the things that's trying to stop us from what God has. There was a statement. I wrote it down. I heard somebody say, it's so when God seems the most absent, He is the most present. Writer, author, I forget the name, who it was that said it, a preacher quoted him. When He seems the most absent, Brother Charlie, I've seen it more times than not. When it seemed like there ain't a goosebump on my body, there ain't a hair raising up on my head to let me know He's there. 
And I feel like, Brother Joe, I'm neck high to mud just trying to. I remind myself of that statement. You may seem a million miles away, but yet you're real. Right now, the crowd is pressing against somebody today telling you, you ain't never going to change. It ain't never going to change. It ain't never going to be altered. You're never going to get your healing. Your family's never going to be back whole. Your kids are never going to be restored. You fill in the blank of whatever the crowd's telling you. And I'm telling you today, if you can go beyond the crowd, if you can kind of push fear to the side and push worry to the side, and tell doubt to shut up take the authority of the word of God that's in you and begin to declare if God be for me nothing can be against me he'll give me the strength to overcome it Jesus my example pulls back because he shows us an example of could he have done it? Could he have called him out, Brother Mike? Sure. He could have looked at Sally and said, Sally, you're dealing with this. Bobby, you're dealing with this. this. He didn't do none of the sorry. He backed up. And here's what he does. He speaks the word. You know what he was doing for the crowd that was pressing on him? He was trying to wake them up to realize what all this is for. That's what preaching is on Sunday. That's what preaching is on Wednesday. It's God trying to wake us up together to realize there's miracles that I want to do. There's healings that I want to do. There's a relationship restoring that I want to do. But the crowd is saying, you ain't going to get to Jesus today. It's like some of us coming to the house of God today. You ain't going to make it today. You're not, it's just going to be another service. It's just going to be another Sunday morning. When we, in, when we make up in our mind, it's never going to be a normal Sunday morning. It's never going to be a normal Sunday night. It's never, That's the crowd. The crowd is saying just shut down just back off just quit doing this and that I'm telling you the need is too great if there's ever a time for you and I to press forward and hunger for the things of God it's now oh the crowd presses him he backs off sits in the boat and begins to teach from the boat lesson goes on to the fishing go to Mark that's one crowd. Now in Mark, he goes to the religious folk. He goes to the synagogue where the Pharisees are and the scribes are. Now here's what just, again, just, just kind of hits me so hard in my spirit. I can have all the knowledge of God's word. I can have all the, the prophecies of what's coming. But yet when he finally shows up in front of me, my hunger for him wanes. I got knowledge. I know what I got to do to be saved. But he shows up to a crowd. You would think as religious folks, Brother Roger, that those when he stepped into that sanctuary and that synagogue, that crowd would have just said, I remember reading Isaiah. I remember reading Ezekiel. I remember reading Zechariah that said, For unto us a son is born, a child is given. He's going to be born in bed. They had every prophecy. What's worse, Brother Fontenot, 
a crowd full of doubt and unbelief that's robbing me and pressing against me or a crowd of religious folk that's not hungry. I don't know what's worse. Trying to make somebody hungry. You can't. If you just ate bacon, eggs, and a fresh tomato. You just said it. He said, I'd be full. And here, God comes with a big old ribeye at 9 or 30, 10 o'clock and says, I want you to eat. But I can't, God. I'm not hungry. What if we fed in our minds and hearts before we ever even got to the house of God on Sunday morning? What if we fed on Saturday and Friday and Wednesday and Thursday? What if we fed on? Don't make me go to social media. The God of North America. Sports, money, and now social media. What if we fed on? Instead of the hunger that God intended. He said in Matthew, I think 5, 6, somewhere. He said, blessed are those that hunger and what thirst I can't make you eat and here Jesus comes to a crowd of people that are full on prophecy and the word and knowledge and wisdom and outer trappings of religion and Jesus says I am the way I'm not one of the ways. I'm not a multiple of ways. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they couldn't even see it, brother. The reason there was no hunger. No hunger. And watch what Jesus does in the crowd where there's no hunger. Devils cry out where there's no hunger. Don't ever let it be in your family that there's not hunger for the things of God in your family. Because if, according to this, where there's no hunger, you're going to attract things of the demonic world into your home and into your family. I'm helping some families right now in the Holy Ghost. You wonder why you fight some things in, in maybe in your home or in your family. Let me, let me reassure you. If I stay on God's side and I stay in the things of God and the purpose of God, God has a way of sending light into your house, strength into your house, an angelic like host into your house that those things that was meant to destroy your family it ain't going to destroy your family why because there's a miracle beyond the crowd there's a miracle beyond a lack of there's a miracle there's a miracle but I've got to realize it was spoken I think times I heard there was an underlying current that was said in the messages I heard and here's what it was hunger for the things of God everything I heard was a press was a push was a, was a determination brother Smith that says you know what I cannot stay right here I need something more and I think there's an awakening in the church that's realizing we've had our programs we've had our little events we do our little Easter services and we do our things and thank God for all that we do but you hear me there's hunger beyond just Easter there's a crowd that may press against us but I can go beyond just a crowd that shows up on Father's 
Day and Easter, there's a crowd that may oppose my faith, but I realize God's wanting to meet you and I this Sunday, and he'll meet us next Sunday, and he'll meet me on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and when doubt and unbelief comes against me, I can press through. there's no hunger it attracts but Jesus says you know what I'll do I'll reach into that crowd and I'll pull somebody out because in that man I really believe before he could ever be delivered of that spirit there had to be a will in him that says I'm done with this it's crazy huh? how God would bring somebody far beyond, never been raised here. It'd be like here. God going to bring somebody from Chicago, Illinois. I mean, a devil. I mean, he's a gangster. He could be coming in. He could all, I mean, I don't know what they look like nowadays. My, back in my days, brother, they wore long chains and man had, had big old, I mean, they just rough. I seen some hell's angels, man. They, they come in looking rough. God's going to bring somebody like that. Let the devil cry out of them and God heal them and deliver them. You know why? Because even Jesus is trying to show you. It don't matter whether the crowd is hungry. I'd like them all to be hungry. But you know what? The eternity and time don't stop with Scott Benoit. God will brush me to the side and say, I'll find some." Scott, if you ain't going to be hungry enough, I'll find somebody that's hungry enough. Because I'm all about showing my strength and showing a people in an unbelieving hour that says, there's a God that is Shows us no hunger. Go to my next one, Brother Ron. I'll be about closing. Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. He says it like this. He gave us the first crowd. Jesus pulls away. Now he gives us the answer. Now remember, Mark chapter 1 and and chapter 2 is telling the same story that Luke. I'm sorry, Brother Ron. Go to Luke, my text. Luke 5. Luke 5 is the same story as Mark 2 and the prelude is Mark 1. So Mark 5 now, he showed us the beginning. I pull away. Mark 1, he shows the crowd before. And now he goes out to Capernaum. He leaves the religious, knowledgeable, skilled And he goes to a place where there's hunger. But even where there's hunger, here's the component. There's press with him. So it's kind of like his summation, Brother Joe, of how this whole crowd thing works. Behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken in the palsy. He couldn't walk. And they sought means to bring him in to lay him before Jesus. Next verse. And when they could not find by what way. See, there's people everywhere trying to find somebody to show them the way. That's why I've said it before. It's an indictment against me. If I got somebody coming to our church and I don't show 
the joy of the Lord in the house of God. Now what I do Monday by myself, hey, shame on me there too. But yet, when I come to the house of God and I'm with the people of God, I want everybody to know I am glad I'm in the house of God, worshiping with the people of God. Why do you say that, Brother Benoit? Here's why. There are people that are coming that are looking for a way out of the entrapments of the enemy that they live in. And you and I are the light of the world. The salt, he said, of the world. The salt is an influencer. If I'm not influencing somebody, now here's the danger. You could be influencing them the wrong way. But if I can influence them, the right way and show them this God is the best thing that's ever happened to me living for God 30 years and I still say he's the best thing that's ever happened to me you don't have to beg me to raise my hands you don't have to y'all don't have to hit the right card and we get an organ and, and, and then everybody but kind of does a little gin you ain't got to play nothing I'll stand on my feet because God is good I'll raise my hand because God is good Because somebody needs to know the way. And you and I are the only ones that can show them through the word of God and our joy for the things of God. Remember, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, faith, da-da-da, nine of them. Notice that every one of them are attributes that develop within you. Where are you going with that, Benoit? It doesn't say good works. It's a state of being. You emulate and so on and so forth. I wonder if back in Mark 1, they went to those religious folks. I wonder if they said it like this, Brother Roger. But you don't understand all the good deeds I've done. Good deeds will not merit hunger. Hunger is something... You got to get. I got to get. And the only way that I can get that is to step away or push through. Step away by myself in prayer and fasting. But then when I get my wind, I'm going to push through like a wrecking ball through the crowd of doubt and unbelief and lack of faith. Folks, we're living in an hour where this crowd would love to rob the church of its joy. The joy of just living for God. The faith for just living for God. The hope that, hey, you know what? The chips are down today, and I don't know how it's going to work out tomorrow. But I know one thing is sure. I'm not listening to the crowd. I'm not going to listen to that one over there. I'm not talking about individuals in this crowd. I'm talking about getting your mind a crowd pressing against you. There's a big one called fear that's pressing against some of you. There's another one of doubt that's pressing against some of you. And God told me early this morning to tell you, your miracles beyond the crowd. Tell fear to shut up. Tell doubt to shut up. Jesus is on the other side. And if you press through, you will get your miracle. We quit too soon. I'm closing. I'm trying. Y'all just get really, really ready. If he... On that cross. Sister Sandra. God manifested in the flesh. He could have got off. Agreed? 
what held him. Yeah, love, holy, yeah, yeah. He can do that too. You know what held him? Purpose. Purpose for them beyond him. And sometimes you go through the struggle and the problem and the valley and the darkness and the crowd that opposes you. Because God wants you to realize, I got a purpose for you. But watch, when you finally get the purpose, you realize, oh, it was worth every struggle and every battle. I appreciate the per. I appreciate what I now. How did I start this message, Brother Roger? Sometimes adversity is not bad because God's trying to show us something. Some things cost you. It's not always easy. Who was it just yesterday? Wits End. My sister Kat. We've been at Wits End a few times. But you know what we did? We pushed through because we knew somebody's coming after us. But I got to show them the way. I say to some mom and daddy, them kids ain't here today. They may be backslid and lost to the goose. But you hear me. You're still the way. I'm going to say it again for some of you that your faith way. You're still the way. I'm not there. Brother Bushnell ain't there. Bobby Sue ain't there. But you are there. And if you can still keep pointing the way, God's going to help us. God's still got something for you, son. God's still got some. Where's daddies that can grab a son by the hand and say, son, I know you messed up, but I'm still going to help you. I'm not going to help you in your addiction, but I'm going to help encourage you in the word of God. Don't let the word of God be vacant in our ministering to the others to show them the way. Here's an answer, here's an answer, but you done had steak and eggs today, I ain't hungry, no here's an answer, then here's the deal, take it, put it in your hand, thank God for microwaves, that's called CD ministry, oh come on somebody, that's CD and tape ministry, that's a microwave, that's a leftover message you heat up, because you weren't here to catch it the first time, thank God for a manna. The way people are looking. They're looking for people that are strong in faith. That can look at the adverse and say, I'm going to hold to God. People are looking. They're watching. And they're wanting to know, man, I know all the hell she's going through. But she's still faithful. She still loves God. I know all the battle he's going through. But yet he's still faithful. He still loves God. See, the enemy says, just quit. Look at, look at what serving God does for you. Come on, let's hurry up. I've got to go. Musicians, y'all really, y'all come set. Y'all come up here. And they could not find by the way, but we should bring them up to it. And they went to the house and they left. Because of the crowd. Last one. Jesus pulled away. Then there was a crowd that just wasn't hungry. But then there was a group of boys that realize 
I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I, I wish my soldiers right now, Brother Mike and Bill, y'all, y'all, y'all with me. I've been waiting for you. I wasn't there with you in the foxholes, but I guarantee you something. You weren't weak, anemic, sissy. You weren't backing down. You might have been scared and trembling. But something in your belly goes, it's either move forward or I die in this foxhole. I'm telling somebody right now and I'm telling this church, I'm telling in the spirit world, I've got to move forward or I'm going to die in this foxhole. Some of us need to look at the crowd as not the enemy trying to destroy you, but something God allowed to come in front of you that you can begin to say, whoa, I'm going to step right over you. I'm going to push through you. I'm going through everybody. I'm not going to let fear stop me. I'm not going to let doubt stop me. I'm not going to let worry stop me. I'm not going to let nothing stop me. i got to get to Jesus at whatever the cost because my miracle is where he is. I saw it so clear in prayer. I saw people your faces, boom, boom. Some knowledge, some no knowledge, but I knew. And I saw. Come here, y'all. Y'all stay standing. I'm done. Stand right there. Come here, brother Dale. Come here, brother Dwayne. Come here, brother Marky Dale. Come here, brother. David. Stand right there. Now these fellows are pretty big. Here's what I saw in the spirit. I saw some of you fighting some big old. Some we call them woolly boogers. I don't know. I'll be honest. Ask her. Man, I seen some crazy junk in my day. That old Minotaur showed up in my bedroom. And that wasn't Walt Disney. That's a real deal. He looked at me like this. Oh, see, you dirty little. See, I know y'all talk in tongue, but I kind of just got to bite my tongue because I won't just get mad at what the enemy's doing. Here's what I saw in some of you. Jesus is right over yonder. And you got this stopping you. And every time you go to. See, you're seeing it. Don't mistake him. This passion you see in veins popping out, that's what's in here. You ain't stopping. You can do what you want to do. You can, you can belch out all your fear. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you know what I do? Jesus backed up a minute. I'm up. And it's on, my friend. And I step down and I push through again until finally. Some of you, you're facing big things that you think won't ever go away but I'm sent here this morning with a word from God telling you your miracles beyond the fleshly crowd notice the multitude every time is flesh flesh this is what fasting is for it crucifies the flesh 
So for me to beat the flesh and the crowd, I've got to defeat it by that act. Fasting is a lost thing now. We, we don't do that no more. But if you go back and read the prophet, he said through fasting is how I break the bands of wickedness. If you're facing wicked things in your family, your home, try pushing that plate away and picking up this plate. And I promise you, that old spirit of hopelessness, depression, and whatever it is, fear, take this thing and say, as long as God be for me. I may make some mistakes. I may drop the ball. I may come to church and might not praise him today. I may be a little off and I'm off. But at least I got enough sense, Brother Ed, to admit I'm wrong, I'm off. God, you don't deserve that. I praise you regardless of what I feel. I'm wrong. God, I want to praise you right now. Is there anybody here tonight? Now, here's how we're going to do this morning. I want to open these altars, but here's what I'm asking for. First, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, repent. That's all you got to do. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost like that. We got water. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. That's what we come back tonight. I'm going to talk about that again tonight. But for some, say to God, who am Visit. You fight the crowd that's opposing you to get where Jesus is. And it looks like you cannot break through. I'm telling you today, when you step out of that pew, listen, don't come hands down. That's a defeated attitude. When you step out of that pew, come, brother, head with your hands raised. I'm defying flesh. When I raise my hands, my flesh says, I don't want to do that. I'm going to show my flesh. You're not going to tell me what to do. For everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Flesh ain't going to stop me. I want you to step out of that pew, stretch your hands, and make your way to the front here today and declare, my miracle is beyond the crowd. 